Hello and welcome to the Friday, August 5th, 2016 edition of the Sands and its Storm Center's Stormcast. My name is Johannes Ulrich and today I'm recording from Boston, Massachusetts. In 2014, Trend Labs reported about a vulnerability in Netis routers. Now, Netis routers are typically only sold in China, but occasionally you can find them in the US or other parts of the world as well. The problem here was that exploitation of this vulnerability was rather simple. It was just a listening UDP port and you could send any shell command to that UDP port, you had to prefix it with the right static password that was well known and you could essentially execute commands. This has been laying dormant for a while. It uh, has been abused occasionally, mostly in China, in areas where these routers are common. But about a week ago, we saw a huge surge in scans for the port here. It's 53,413. This port has been scanned by thousands of hosts starting about a week ago, which indicates that that since the number of sources increased at about the same rate, the number of actual targets increased, that this is likely a worm that will infect systems and turn them into additional scanners. Shadow Server has been looking into this problem for a while now and has been assembling lists of infected IP addresses in order to notify owners. At this point, we do see about 30,000 different IP addresses and assuming that these are infected systems, scanning for more systems to infect. The initial exploit will just download additional binaries. The a little bit odd part is that the download uses a more or less static IP address. It's not downloading it from the router from which the scan originates, which may indicate that there is actually a little bit of more centralized structure behind these scans. Now, not much you can do about this particular problem. You probably don't have a vulnerable router if you're listening to this podcast. If you do, it probably already has been infected multiple times. And the best thing you can do is just swap out that router for a new one. And apparently thieves of iOS devices have a new trick to bypass the activation lock. With the activation lock in place in order to use the phone, you need to enter the user's Apple ID and password. What apparently is happening now is that the thief will send a phishing email to the victim claiming to be from Apple, claiming to be a notice that the phone was found. And if the user then logs in and tries to locate the phone, well, uh, they're actually being sent to a phishing site. The phishing site looks very convincing. It does use all the design elements from Apple and also in this case used a rather convincing domain name that of course makes it even more likely for a victim to fall for it. They used showiphonelocation.com. Um, tricks like this have been used in the past. Usually they rely on the victim displaying a message on the phone telling the finder what email address or what phone number to use to contact the victim. 
And then we got a number of unpatched vulnerabilities in network video recording equipment made by Newell and also software including included with the Netgear readiness systems. These vulnerabilities do allow arbitrary code execution. They range from the trivial ones like a debug file that was left behind on the systems to vulnerabilities that allow the resetting of administrator passwords and buffer overflows and really the full gambit of possible web application vulnerabilities. There is no patch for these vulnerabilities. The individual that found the vulnerabilities did notify CertCC and via CertCC the affected vendors back in February and now essentially after not getting any response from Newell and only an initial response from Netgear, he went ahead and published details including working exploits for these vulnerabilities. So if you do own any of these video recording systems, then please make sure they're at least not reachable from outside your local network. And thanks to a new browser feature, Mixed Blend Mode, an old vulnerability kind of resurfaced in browsers that allows a site to check if you visited particular other sites in the past. So the attacking site here is not getting a complete list of your history, but just like with the old visited cascading style sheet property, the site is able to test if you visited any particular websites in the past. It does take a little bit more work, uh, by default, with sort of one single user interaction, you can get uh, nine sites according to the demo page. But then again, the way the proof of concept here was implemented is as a little game where you have to keep clicking on little icons, which of course then increases the data that the site may collect. And with that, it can figure out more and more websites that you may have visited in the past. Interesting vulnerability and of course something that will be actually kind of difficult to address by the browser because it does rely on small rendering errors that happen as you overlay content from other sites. Well, uh, this is it for today. So thanks again for listening and talk to you again on Monday. Bye.